This is an All Ears English podcast episode 1757, How to Be an Experimental Leader with business consultant Melanie Parrish. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast downloaded more than 200 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection with your American host, Lindsay McMahon, and today's featured guest coming to you from Denver, Colorado, USA. To get real-time transcripts right on your phone and create your personalized vocabulary list, try the All Ears English app for iOS and Android. Start your seven-day free trial at allearsenglish.com forward slash app. In today's episode, we have Melanie Parrish, a business consultant who has worked with Fortune 50 companies and startups to improve leadership. Today, Melanie will show you three ways to become an experimental leader at work and the exact English phrases that you can use to implement this powerful business strategy. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, Melanie. How are you today? Welcome to All Ears English. Hello. I am so excited to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here too. Guys, today on the show, we have a guest. We have Melanie Parrish, who is the author of The Experimental Leader. She is a leader, a coach, a speaker, and a podcast host. And interestingly, she's also a farmer. That's so funny when you said that, Melanie. How did you get into farming? Do you live on a farm or why no. a farmer? <laughs> no, so uh, it's it's a family farm. Like it's been in my farm um, since my great grandparents, um, and and we actually have tenants who do the day to day farming. Okay. Okay. Mostly, I sign a lot of farm paperwork, <laughs> but I I've really loved sort of claiming it as an identity. Um, I think about you know like. I think about crops differently. We have an organic uh, peanut farm and an organic cotton, like it's organic peanuts and organic cotton. And so I think about peanuts and cotton differently. Much more than the average person would, right? Yeah. Yeah, And I think about like, what's the rain doing? You know, sometimes it's like we get hailed out and it's like, oh, that's sad. Like, I, I don't know. I feel connection to the earth in a different way because of cool. I love that. Where is your farm base? Like where in the world are we talking Midwest South? We we actually have two farms. So we have one, um, in West Texas. Okay. Uh, in loop, Texas, loop, Texas, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, which is kind of funny because I live in Canada most of the time. Okay. And, uh, (laughs) And then we have one in house, New Mexico, which is really the middle of nowhere. And that one, we actually do wind. Okay. I love it. Well, it's good to be kind of a multidimensional person, right? You are an expert in the business leadership world, which is what we're talking about today, but you also do farming or somehow involved in farming on the side. I love that. I love that. So Melanie, what caught my eye about what you do and why I wanted to have you on the show is this concept of the experimental leader, right? 
experimental leadership. Can you start by telling our listeners what exactly that is and why we should think about using this tactic or this strategy at work? Absolutely. Uh, I love talking about this. So I have done all sorts of things and learned all sorts of things from a couple of really cool people. One is Mike Rother, who wrote um, something, a book called Toyota Kata. Okay. He talked about iteration and coaching, and it's kind of a continuous improvement model. Yes. I also studied um, uh, Eliyahu Goldrat, who's an Israeli physicist. Mm. Um And he talked a lot about bottlenecks and constraints. Okay. And I realized that when you talk about iteration, you talk about experimenting, there's actually a role for the leader to play in that. Uh Uh-huh. And what should that role be? What what did you get the sense of? Yeah. So um, in some ways, it's holding space for experimentation. Mm -hmm. In some ways, it's introducing the idea of experimentation. Okay. Um, It's... It's so, so let me tell you why experimentation okay. is super important as a leader. So when you think of a boardroom and you think of somebody coming into a meeting and you're talking about what you're going to do in your organization mm-hmm. and you're going to apply budget to it and you're going to yeah. do something. We all know people who live and die by their ideas yes. in a leadership capacity. If your yes. idea is bad, then you own that idea and your idea dies and maybe you die too. Sure, sure. But actually every single one of these things we decide to do in the boardroom is an experiment. Yes. We don't know how it's going to come out. We don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's an experiment. And if we co- we see it as a collective experiment, so we own it collaboratively as a team, and we decide how we're going to experiment as opposed to doing Bill's idea or Mary's idea. Okay, got it. So you're opening up that space. Interesting. And then it, you don't have to die. Then you don't have to as die with your idea, right? Yes. And that leads to more ideas mm. because you're not, they don't have to be right before you've tested them. We test them to find out if they're right. Yeah. Why do you think people get so attached to their ideas? It's, it's that other, it's, it's okay if people are attached to their ideas, but it's when other people attach ideas to us Mm. that we're vulnerable as leaders, because then we have to make place smaller because every idea we put forward has to be safe. Got it. Got it. Okay. I love this. I mean, I may have a question for you a little bit later on about culture too, about how these tactics work. Cause we know for our listeners, they are all over the world doing business. Many of them are in a leader leadership position indeed, but leading across cultures, right. Which is adds that additional challenge. So let's go into a little bit of the how, right. The tactics kind of three tips, three strategies, Melanie, about how we could bring on a bit more of this experimental leadership. And then I want to ask you about the cross-cultural piece. Yeah. So, um, I think the first thing is that if one understands that we're experimenting, Mm -hmm. then you can adopt the language of experimentation. Okay language. You're not, it's, so the first piece is start talking about experimentation. So how this might play out is, is if you're talking to a direct report or something, and they're coming to you with a problem, a really good question to ask them is what's the next thing you're going to try. 
Perfect. Perfect. And so what is it in that phrase? And I love that we're talking about language because it all ears English. We are all about how language creates connection and language is everything. So what's the next thing you're going to try? What about that phrase is powerful in your mind? Well, one thing is you give it back to them. Yes. I love that. You're handing it right back to them. You're not telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. You're not telling them that they have to come up with the best solution, which is almost impossible without iterating. Yes. You're asking them what's the next step to try. And also because you're looking for the next step, you're not looking for the overall solution where you have to map it out on a Gantt chart and it has to all be right. But the landscape changes in the middle. Yeah. That always happens. I hate that. It always happens. (laughs) You're asking them for the next step. They don't have to get the big picture right either. They, they can figure out what's the next piece of data we want to collect. We want to try a little thing and that makes it safer to fail. I love it. So you're empowering your, your team, your team member, or the person you're managing your direct report. So guys, again, we're talking about if you're in a leadership position and your direct report comes to you and says, Hey, I'm not sure, you know, I'm, I'm stuck here. This is what you're going to try to say back to your direct report, you know, and what is that phrase again, Melanie here that we could say? What are you going to try next? I love it. It's so good. It gives them the power, empowers them, and kind of crunches down the project a little bit. It takes it out from the abstract and makes it concrete. And it's only that next step. So good. So I love that language is the first piece. Go ahead. And I literally believe that people can transform their leadership with that one question. That is so good. I'm going to write that on my wall. (laughs) (laughs) Because we, we pick up work from our, the people that work for us all the time. And if, and the handing it back to them allows them to hold all they know. You don't, because leaders all the time go off on a tangent and do something and they don't have all the information, but if you ask them what they're going to do next, number one, you ask them to do something next. Mm-hmm. And number two, they decide what's most important from their place where they're more frontline. Okay. So you're, you're giving them the power to make that decision, right? Okay. So language is the first tip then Melanie, what would be a second tip or a second strategy to put experimental leadership into action? Hey guys, today on the show with Melanie, we're talking about some high level business concepts. Find out how ready your English is for the business world by taking our business English quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com slash work quiz to find out if you are entry-level English, mid-level English, or executive-level English. One more time, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash work quiz. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the the next piece um, would be data collection. Okay. Tell us about that a little bit. So what are you going to try next? The next question could be, um, how will you measure it? Yes. What works? Why does this matter? 
Well, I mean, it's good scientific method. So if we start to make decisions scientifically, we want to actually collect as much data as we can. Some topics are better than others. Marketing, super easy. How many views do we get? Yeah. Do we get sales? Although, you know, I, I notice all the time that we can get lots of views and not have any impact on the bottom line. Like everybody knows that that's a yeah. challenge of marketing. So, um, but if we look at what's the data we're going to collect to know whether or not it worked or how it worked, that's okay. the, that's step two. Sorry about my phone here. It keeps ringing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, that's great. So taking data and asking your direct report, how are you going to measure it? Is that that next question then? Yeah. How and are it's you going true for this? any experiment that you do yourself too. So whatever you're saying to the other person, there'll be things, experiments you want to try in your own work as a leader too. I want to try having shorter meetings. That's your next step. Yes. How will I know if it works? Well, I notice if people don't get enough time and they're like, wait, we're not done. Right. Or they don't have what they need to move forward. Okay. And then from that point, we're pivoting, we're doing something different, but I love it. It's so good. Okay. So how are you going to measure it? And then what would be the third piece? When will we know? When will we look to see? Like, what's the time frame? How long are we going to do this? And I always recommend experiments that are short, quick experiments. If your experiment's 30 days or longer, it's too long. Yes. You yes. want an experiment that you can prototype, that you can um, go work on it this afternoon and you've got an experiment up and running tomorrow and you collect data for 24 hours, 48 hours, right. seven days. That's plenty. Anything right. longer than that, you're doing more than one experiment. Right. Because we talked again about how the landscape can change. If we're mapping things out so broadly, if you go and do a 30 day experiment, the goal could have changed by that time within 30 days of the project. I mean, I know in smaller companies for us, our goals are changing a lot, not so much our goals, but our tactics and how we're going to get to our goals could change within 30 days very easily. So if I send someone off to go do an experiment, they come back after 30 days everything has changed. And how frustrating is that for your direct reports, guys, for the people who work for you, that is, that's demoralizing for them, right? It's demoralizing. And also you've lost focus as a leader. And if you, so the focus, if I got got to give a fourth point, it's figure out how you're going to hold focus to this idea of experimentation over time. Will you check in weekly? I love a weekly 15 minute meeting with direct reports to ask how their experiments are going. I love it. Yes. Remove their bottlenecks for them. Mm -hmm. You know, what's in your way? What are you going to try next? It's a short meeting, but it has astronomical impact on you as your leadership. Absolutely. Putting the power in the hands of your employees, but then those check-ins, they still feel like they have they have some guidance. They have someone there checking and, and, and kind of guiding them in a way, but they're in charge and they're empowered to get it done. So good. Now, one next level question for you, Melanie, how do you see you, you cited some studies from abroad. I think you said someone in Israel. Um, how do you see this playing out cross-culturally around the world? Does this kind of framework work well in Asia business in Asia, for example, or South America? How do you see this cross-culturally working? Well, I mean, in, in many ways, it's there's there's some parts that are universal and some parts that might be difficult if the um the culture supports kind of a top-down directive leadership style, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, then this mm-hmm. might rock the boat a bit. Right. Yes. And that's Your, a great expression, rock the boat. Mm-hmm. Threads it threads the thinking through the organization. 
But if an organization is resistant to that and has sort of unspoken social norms that one doesn't get information going up, it's kind of how feedback loops work. If, If you're in um, sort of an autocratic leadership model. Mm-hmm. Um, this this model um, may be incredibly necessary, and it will help lead to better innovation in your organization. Yeah. But you may get pushback, so you want to do it really gently if you're doing that. For sure, and I'm sure that within certain cultures, uh, there could be companies that would take this on much more easily because maybe they have been they're a younger company or they haven't been around as long, and they're just more willing to adopt new ways of thinking, that kind of thing. So, guys, when you hear about this experimental leadership, just reflect for a minute: is this something that you could try in your own company? Because we are always looking to improve ourselves as leaders, right? We always want to get better out in the world. Yeah, I'd love to say one more thing. Yeah, please Um, do. People who have some sort of, I'll call it marginalization just for conversation's sake, but like Mm -hmm. women who are leaders, Mm -hmm. um, people who are of a race that might have struggles in leadership, it's a very gentle approach to ask someone how they're going to handle it. So in that sort of culture piece, this is a really nice model because you're not sometimes... um, sometimes those groups struggle with a autocratic leadership style because people rebel against them because for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. and this style works really well uh, for women leaders, for people who, um, who struggle with how power works in their leadership. Yeah. It feels like a much more human you know, 21st century form of, of leadership to me. So I, I like it. I'm looking forward to seeing how this uh, spreads around the business world and, and new forms of leadership kind of crop up. So good. Well, Melanie, thanks for coming on the show today and letting us know about this different style. I'm excited for our listeners to go out into their leadership positions in business and try this out and talk to their companies about it. So where can our listeners find you? I know you have a podcast and you know, especially if they're looking to improve themselves in the business world, they'll be looking for some resources. Where can they find your podcast? Where can they find you online? Yeah. So my podcast is called the experimental leader, super simple. Mm -hmm. And, um, they can find it anywhere podcasts. I think it's everywhere. Um, and I would love to give your listeners a digital copy of the experimental leader book. Great. You can get that at digitalbook.experimentalleader.com. Um, and if you sign up for that, you'll also get, um, our notifications about podcasts and episodes as they're coming out. And, um, so it's a really good way to connect with us as a company and learn about who we are. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Melanie. It's been great chatting with you and always love talking about business. So this is good. Oh, so fun. Stuff. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Melanie. And we appreciate the link for the book. Thank you so much for that too. And we'll maybe see you on the show another time. Thanks again. Time. Yeah. Really fun. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. Would you like to know your English level? Take our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash fluency score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time. 
elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER.